This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Red's Hot Stove League. The Red's Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks and Santo Gras. Proud sponsors of the Red's Hot Stove League. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. JTM. Let's create great dishes to get MSA Architects. And by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Red's Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... on the Reds Radio Network. Hi, everybody. We're at the Holy Grail Banks, but then again, where else would we be? We've got a nice, cozy, intimate crowd here with us tonight, and we're going to be talking baseball for from now until 7 o'clock. I'm Marty Brenneman. This is Jim Kelch. Jim? Marty, you look like you've been on the beach volleyball tour. Well, I worked at it, pal. I, when I go to Florida or get on a cruise ship, I make every second count. In the sun. <laughs> That's exactly right. Do you have one of those reflective things that you hold? I do not do that. Okay, just check. I do not do that. We have with us a young man who's uh, come up from the warm, sunny climes of Florida, whose name uh, certainly is recognizable to Reds fans. Needs no introduction, but he's going to get one anyway, and that's Reds outfielder Jesse Winker. Jesse, how are you, pal? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for coming. I appreciate you. Let's, uh, we only got you for about 10 minutes or so. Last year, 106 games, uh, 303, three homers, 45 RBIs. And then in the Arizona, uh, with the Arizona Reds, uh, you had 13 at-bats, six hits, including a couple of home runs. How would you characterize the season you had this year? You know, I thought I had a really solid year. Um, I played well. The Being hurt is never, is never fun. You know, I did miss a month um, with a wrist injury, but I, I thought I bounced back nicely. Um, you know, put together some great ABs, and I, you know, I thought I made a lot of strides this year. So, very, very pleased with it. You went through injury situation last year, as you talked about. You also went through an injury situation two years ago. How are you now in those various injuries uh, in terms of uh, recovery? I'm feeling good. Um, I've been working hard. You know, body feels great, wrist feels great, and um, you know, I'm really looking forward to this year and uh, getting it going. So, hopefully, I can stay injury free. That's the goal. Um, I've been trying to do as many things as I can to help prevent that, and um, you know I'm kind of ready to just get it going. You came to town early for Reds Fest this weekend. You're here early to have your wrist checked out, and I imagine to work out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just you know working out a little bit and just you know just making sure everything with the wrist is good, which it is, and um, you know I'm just very excited right now. Very happy to be here. Jesse, you've been in the organization since 2012. How would you characterize the season coming up? I mean, legitimately speaking, could you could you consider it a make or break year as far as making this club out of spring training and being in the lineup? Um, 
I mean, it's something I've worked towards um, my whole life. And um, make or break, I don't think, you know, I think I don't think that's the right way to put it. I think it's just, you know, an opportunity, and it's just my time to go um, show what I can do at the level. And uh, just like everyone who's come before me in this game, that's what they've done. You know, they've had an opportunity, and it's my turn to go make the best of it. So, What position would you prefer to play if you had to pick one of the three outfield spots, or does it make any difference? Just put me on the field. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You know, when you look at your – and, and I, I agree with that 100% also. When you look at your numbers progressively throughout your career in terms of batting average, on-base percentage, on-base plus slugging, they've basically gone up every year. You've done a great job in that area. The one thing people talk about – is the power or lack thereof. Does that concern you at all? No. Um, Why is that? My job is to put together tough ABs, and, you know, I think these are my numbers right here. Just going by what we got here, I think I did a pretty solid job of doing that this past year. Um, And it's just, you know, that's my job. My job is to go up there, put together a tough AB, and um, try to put the barrel on the ball. If it goes over the fence, it it goes. You know, it's not my goal to go up there and hit home runs. I want to put the bat on the ball, and um, I want to make the pitcher's job hard. I mean, in the minor leagues, so far you've put together a 296 career batting average, 398 on base percentage, 854 on base plus slugging. Those are pretty darn impressive numbers. I appreciate that. You know, I, I work hard, and, um, you know, I just try to get better every day with it and um, just keep it rolling. Yeah, you're talking about uh, being able to make contact, and we're looking now at the page that will be in the Reds Media Guide when it comes out in a couple of months. Uh, what, one strikeout every 7.59 plate appearances, which was the fourth-best ratio in the league. Obviously, getting on base is a big thing with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like, you know, if you can get on base as many times as you can, that's just, you know, going to provide opportunities for guys behind me to drive me in and produce more runs. And, uh, you know, I think my job as a hitter is to be complete. And, um, you know, I'm working on – I'm working every day. I'm becoming a complete hitter. And I think um, the work I'm putting in right now and everything I've learned these past years in the minors are just going to um, be implemented. Implemented. So, um, sure. you know, I'm looking forward to doing that. Last year was your first year at AAA with the Louisville team. How was the adjustment for you there coming up from AA? It was um, – you know, there's an adjustment just like every level. Um, I think, you know, it's your first time playing against guys who have had extended time in the big leagues. You know, we played against Casey McGee a lot. I think yeah. he was an all-star a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, you're around older guys like, you know, Hernani or Barn, And, you know, it's just it's just cool to be able to learn from guys who have um, who've seen a lot in the game. And, you know, Delano DeShields was our manager, and he taught me a lot, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. And I thought I made really good strides learning from him and uh, – you know, I thought it was all around a great year. Was there anything that you worked on particularly over the course of the season last year to enhance your chances of coming to the big leagues and staying? Um, defense. I thought, um, you know, I listened to Delano DeShields about defense, and he got through to me, and um, we did some, we did a lot of drills, and we did a lot of work, and I, I, by the end of the year, I felt like I was making plays that I wasn't at the beginning. So right. I think that's your, your key in, in learning. Were you having in your mind or maybe in Delano's mind some shortcomings in terms of defense? I mean, I don't know if it was shortcomings. I just think, you know, as my job as a baseball player is to get better. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we both agreed on the fact that I, I, I could have gotten better at that. And, you know, I, I put in the work and I put in the time and, you know, I did. You talking about routes to balls, et cetera? Routes, you know, just taking reads, just being alert on, you know, certain situations, you know, all, all, the, all just the little things. Just, you know, getting, just, you know, polishing them up and become a little better at everything and just, you know, just taking it to the game, really. Is there a benefit, uh, and, and you could certainly answer this question, from playing for a guy like Delano DeShields, who was in the big leagues forever and also was a very good player in the big leagues? 
For sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> all the games he's played and all the games he's seen, you know, you're going to learn a lot from him. And, um, you know, I just feel like my job as a player is to ask questions and learn. And, right. you know, he was a great guy for me to learn from. And, um, you know, the, the Reds have done a great job, you know, with me throughout the minor leagues, just giving me coaches and guys to ask questions and learn from. And it's, you know, it's just been a true blessing. This past year for the Reds, Adam Duvall, who had had a long minor league career, was in his uh, mid to late 20s before he finally got an opportunity to have his chance last year and really capitalized on it, was in left field. Scott Shedler, later in the year after a terrible start, came back and had a very good final six to seven weeks. How encouraging is that for you to see that guys who have fought their way through the minor leagues were actually given a chance with the Reds? It's really cool. And, um, you know, Duvall was an all-star. Yeah. And uh, he had a really amazing year, and it was uh, it was something special. I thought, um, you know, I thought him and Billy were going to take home the gold gloves, and I was pulling for him there. A lot of us thought that. Yeah. But, um, you know, him and Shebs both had a great year, and it was cool to be able to watch them go up there and, you know, perform well and do their thing. So hopefully I can, you know, be next in line and do the same. Jesse, our time is up with you, pal. We appreciate you coming by and chatting with us tonight. We uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend at Reds Fest. Uh, at the Caravan, of course, uh, out in Scottsdale. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank All right, you for pal. We me. appreciate you. Jesse right. Wanker. Thank you, Jesse. Thank Reds you. outfielder who will be heavily in the mix when spring training gets underway in good year in February. The Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale now, starting at only 40 bucks. The gift pack includes four ticket credits good towards any combination of games next year, plus you get a new limited edition Reds Nutcracker. Purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack now at the Reds Kiosk located in Kenwood Town Center and Florence Mall or at Reds.com slash holiday. Some restrictions apply. We'll be back with more. Charlie Frank, who runs the Reds Community Fund, will be with us next. Stay tuned. We return to the Holy Grail Bank shortly. Red Hot Stove League is back live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. You heard Jesse Winker, and now you're going to hear from the guy who uh, more than adequately runs things as far as the Reds Community Fund is concerned. He's a good friend of ours, and that would be none other than Charlie. Hi, Mar- Hi Marty. How are you doing, pal? Doing great, thanks. Talk about uh, talk about what we've got coming up this weekend. We've got Reds Fest. Uh, Coming up beginning on Friday, running Friday and Saturday night, Saturday. And then uh, you are directly involved uh, in a couple of events that uh, one is brand new and one is a staple and gets bigger and bigger every year. Well, you know, this is uh, year 11 of Reds Fest under the uh, the Castellini leadership team. So, uh, you you know, and from day one in 06, uh, Phil had gone to see the All-Star game in Pittsburgh uh, with Zach Bonkowski and others that year. And he came back from that fan festival experience and really wanted to build this into something similar. And uh, I I think he has exceeded that goal. There is no team that does what the Reds do in terms of uh, the amount that they invest in the event, not just dollars and trade, but creativity and imagination uh, with all the players and broadcasters and former players and Pete Rose. I mean, it, it has so much energy and creativity new each year. Uh, and, and the price has always been very reasonable. We don't charge really for autographs or over 100 free autograph and photo sessions. It's really a remarkable thing that they, they want to do to make the Reds franchise accessible in the offseason. So from a community fund standpoint, we're, we're very fortunate to be a big part of it. we got some new elements this year. 
Talking with Charlie Frank, who runs the Reds Community Fund. Okay, I think everybody knows about the Texas Hold'em Tournament. And as I said, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger every year. But a new wrinkle. And every year there's something new about Reds Fest. When you walk out of that building on Saturday, you think to yourself, there's no way they can add anything or tweak something to make it better than the year before. And every year you folks, uh, led by Phil Castellini, proves us all a liar. Well, uh, that is true, uh, and we do have a new event on Friday night. Uh, we are introducing Reds Fest Bingo. So we're jumping into the bingo fray, and uh, for those that know our organization, Marty, I know you and Jim certainly do, we have the, uh, the, the secret weapon, which is uh, Sarah Ingram, <laughs> who has become uh, poker literate. And, Sarah. And uh, so she is uh, our... Events and sponsorship coordinator, she does conservatively the job of about two and a half people, two and a half highly skilled people. And uh, so she has jumped into the fray to make sure that we are uh, legal and compliant, that we know as much of the nuance as we can, because jumping into the bingo space uh, is a little bit slippery. you got to make sure you do it right. Yeah, but you all did your homework. That is true. You went out to Mount Healthy, correct? We did, and, you know, a couple of our staff members, not just Sarah Ingram, but also uh, Matthew Wagner, they had some success. Yes. At, at the, We're uh, always happy to hear that. that. Yes, we are. Phil Castellini and myself, not so much. <laughs> but uh, we had some delicious uh, Mets and Bratwurst and, and did just fine. So, yeah, that was a very uh, worthwhile learning experience. A lot of the folks that helped put on that mel- healthy uh, game are going to be with us. Uh, so it's going to be a very smooth, very professionally run uh, operation. There will be some uh, different pieces to it. Uh, it's 18 games. The first 16 prizes are going to be uh, Reds Authentics, Reds Memorabilia, signed merchandise, tickets, things like that. The last two games will both have a $1,000 prize. Wow. And that's Friday night, 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, third floor of Reds Fest bingo for the first time. That's correct. And uh, we're hoping to get more people to register. So uh, that's really the message for tonight. Uh, they can do so online up until midnight on Thursday, December 1st. If you register online for $40, you not only get entry to the event, uh, to Reds Fest, so you get your Reds Fest Friday ticket. You get uh, 18 of the game cards, each which have six uh, different uh, cards on those boards. And then you get a Reds Dauber as well, which, of course, you can't play multiple bingo cards without the dauber so it's a really great package it's also open to folks that are down on the floor you can come up and buy one of the game cards for five dollars a piece now who's going to be the caller well i'm glad you asked (laughs) because now is a perfect time Uh, to let you and Jim know that uh, we I, are be- gonna be. I believe yeah. you are going to be on the radar. <laughs> We're guest callers. You're going to be guest callers. now. Uh, this is going to be one of the highlights of my career. I assume so. <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's going to be a perfect uh, lead-in, too, to your role with uh, Reds Fest Celebrity Poker the next night. That's correct. Where you are a stalwart. That's Well, that's one of my favorite events. There's yeah. no question about that. Now let's talk about Giving Tuesday. Okay. Tell people what we're talking about here and how it relates to the Reds and vice versa. Well, uh, I think many people are probably aware of the Giving Tuesday, which is the companion to uh, Cyber Monday and, of course, Black Friday. And uh, this is really a phenomenon over the last five years or so. And I can tell you just based on my email inbox over the last few days, it's a phenomenon (laughs) that is picking up steam. So it's a very crowded space. 
Uh, there's so many worthwhile nonprofits out there that are trying to get their message out there today. And we just decided because we have uh, so many worthwhile programs, so many Reds fans out in the community that care about the work that we do, that care about the investment that the Castellinis have made uh, during their tenure of stewardship, uh, that, that we'd be foolish not to let right. people know about it. So, uh, so we are out there. Uh, we have great support through uh, the Reds marketing communications team, Jared Rollins, who manages a lot of the uh, Major League Baseball website activity, uh, makes all this stuff possible for us. And uh, so getting that information online, showing some of the videos of what we do, uh, is, is really an exciting addition for us. So we hope that a lot of people will visit the site. Beyond uh, ways to contribute to help, whether it's towards funding one of our uh, Reds Rookie Success League kids or whether it's uh, funding one of our RBI teams or one of our projects, you can also learn how you can volunteer for one of our many activities, uh, many of which take place at our uh, Urban Youth Academy in Roseland. Charlie, once again, you are a font of information. <laughs> we appreciate you stopping by and visiting with us. We look forward to these events at, uh, at uh, Reds Fest this weekend and certainly look forward to calling out some winning cards on Friday night. Well, now that we're aware of that 6-9 to nine window and that you and Jim both uh, might be involved... Not only might, will be involved. Will be involved, yes. I'm glad we got that taken care uh, so of. So am I. I feel I'm going to sleep a little better tonight. Thank you. Good to see you. Thanks, Good to Charlie. See you, Charlie Frank. Let's up the Reds community fund. We're going to be back and talk some serious baseball, some rumors that have floated around today, and sides who have signed contracts and those who may be on the verge of it, trades that may be made. We've got it all coming up. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. Back at the Holy Grail here at the Banks on the Reds Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night. I want to remind you that the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum's Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign features 4,256 baseballs, each signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo and baseball's unique hit number. Purchase a Hit Collection baseball and become the owner of that hit and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. Buy one now until the end of Reds Fest, and you'll get to meet Pete at Reds Fest and have your photo taken with him. To do so, visit RedsMuseum.org. A couple of things about uh, bingo that we are talking about with Charlie. A couple of other quick notes. You must be 18 and older to participate. And if you'd like more information, Reds.com slash bingo. There we go. Yeah, our thanks to Jesse Winker and to Charlie Frank for being with us. Um, the Reds, of course, announced, I guess, yesterday they added a couple of players, both of whom were claimed off of waivers, uh, a catcher, Juan Gratterall, and an outfielder, Gabriel Guerrero. Uh, the latter is a nephew of uh, Vladimir Guerrero, who uh, one day will probably be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, I would hope that the acquisition of these two guys are simply to give this club depth and that they will begin the year in Louisville. Because if they're not, it's the same thing that they did last year, bringing in guys that nobody else wanted. And as we all know, none of those guys panned out to any great degree. Well, if Devin Mazzarocco and Tucker Barnhart are both healthy and able to go, those two will be the catchers on this club. And I'm sure a guy like Juan Gratterall is much like uh, uh, Ramon Cabrera was last year. He's a guy that will be down at AAA. And if they need someone up here, 
he could be potentially one of the guys that they'd go out and get. I still think they'll get uh, another catcher. We'll sign another veteran catcher before the uh, winter is over. Yeah, Gratterall is 28 years old, by the way. Uh, Guerrero is 23. So you got to like him a little bit because he certainly comes from good stock. No doubt about it. And he has uh, an upside because of his age, 23. But, again, I, I still think they'll make another catching move before maybe before the winter meetings, which are coming up uh, starting Sunday That's after, correct. after Reds Fest. Now, uh, you know, in this era of social media, uh, you can go on uh, Twitter, you can go on any website, and come up with every type of rumor imaginable, whether it be in baseball, basketball, football, uh, politics, entertainment, whatever it might be. But the most perplexing thing I read today was a report that the Reds are shopping Billy Hamilton. Uh, I would I would hope that there's no truth to that, um, because on the surface it makes no sense at all. He's under club control for three more years. I'll be dead honest with you. If you take the starting eight, I would trade anybody in the starting eight before I trade Billy Hamilton. Well, there's a difference between shopping Billy Hamilton and listening to potential offers for Billy Hamilton. And I would suspect that's what they're doing, maybe simply because they have received a call or two about Billy Hamilton. And I would almost guarantee that they would have to be completely, utterly overwhelmed with an offer to even consider moving a guy that should have won a gold glove right. this year in center field in Billy Hamilton. So, But it doesn't hurt to talk about uh, the potential of listening because you never know what might be thrown out there. But if Billy Hamilton isn't our guy in center field on opening day, there's not a person in this room or listening on the Reds radio network that wouldn't be shocked. Can I, uh, can I refer to you from now on as the official voice of this organization when it comes to baseball. And I say that because what makes me a little bit uneasy about this whole Billy Hamilton thing is that no one in the baseball operation has jumped up and said, time out here now. We're not interested in trading Billy Hamilton. But, you know, we lost 94 games, so if somebody makes an offer to us, we'll listen to them about any player that we have. But I'm going to, tell, I'm going to use you as the official spokesman for this organization uh, about Billy Hamilton. Do I get a chance to answer that? Yes, you do. Can you use me for that? Absolutely not. <laughs> we have a call. Let's go to the telephones. Sean from Newport, you're up on the Reds Hot Stove League. Sean? Sean hung up already? He says, if you're going to talk about trading Billy Hamilton, I don't even want to be involved. So he said, I'm gone. Well, Sean must have been struck dumb when he heard that there was a rumor that Billy Hamilton was going to be traded. Or that I was the spokesman for the Reds. <laughs> One or the other. I'm not sure which. The other thing that came out of today, I guess the biggest story uh, as it addresses, aside from the ongoing contracts, uh, the collective bargaining thing that expires at, what, midnight tomorrow night? Midnight uh, on the 1st, yes. Yeah was the fact that Yoenis Cespedes finally put all speculation aside by signing a four-year, $110 million contract to return to the New York Mets. And what that means is if you're an outfielder and you're a free agent, all of a sudden the price has gone up. Well, I, I, that doesn't shock me as much as the, the Brett Cecil signing and the money that's thrown in with him. I mean, with, with Cespedes, 
Four years, 110 million. That's uh, what the 25 to 30 million. 27 range. plus million dollars a year. And, and that's probably par for the course for a guy that does what he does. Uh, but the the Brett Cecil thing. Oh, by the way, also. Edson Volquez looks like Correct. he's going to be back in the National League as a Marlin. He signed a two-year, $22 million contract with the Florida Marlins, the, the Miami Marlins. But the Brett Cecil deal, when this occurred last week, and uh, uh, Doug Flynn and I talked about it, I was anxious to hear what your thoughts were on that. Four years, $30 million for a guy who's almost a loogie and that he had way less innings than appearances last year. Well, he's also a guy who... Uh, Knocked around with no success at all as a starting pitcher, but then when some bright baseball mind decided to put him in the bullpen, he's had a run of two or three years in a row where he's pitched extremely well. Uh, What it means, again, though, is that it's going to drive the price up uh, for relief pitchers, which I think will be a very strong commodity on the free agent market uh, from now until the beginning of spring training or now until the beginning of the season. But I thought the Brett Cecil... Uh, contract was ridiculous, and now on the heels of that, the rumor is the Cardinals are going to be interested in in trying to sign Justin Turner, uh, the free agent third baseman from the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, our number is 513-749-7000, or if you're calling from outside the Cincinnati area, 800-843-1360. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live at the Holy Grail at the Banks right across from Great American Ballpark. We'll come back with more right after this. The Holy Grail Bank, Santo Graal, and Budweiser, proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for the next live Reds Hot Stove League show here at the Holy Grail Banks on December the 6th with specials on Bud and Bud Light Buckets. What do you want to talk about, Marty? Well, you know, we we touched uh, very, very briefly on the fact that that CBA runs out midnight tomorrow night. Right. Um, I guess there's some concern that there will be a lockout in the event that no agreement is reached by midnight tomorrow night. On the other side of the coin, if they're close enough, there are a lot of people think that the uh, the owners will not lock them out and they will extend it. And, and I think it would be in everybody's best interest if, if something like that occurred. Uh, they've got issues uh uh, dealing with, uh, what, the uh, international draft. Right. And what are the other? There are two big issues besides that one that they are. Draft compensation right. for players that uh, receive a qualifying offer. That's a big one. That's a huge union. one, yeah. Why don't we go to the phones? We got calls? We do. We have, uh, let's go to Anderson, your neck of the woods, so to speak. Might be Amanda. And talk to Tom. Hi, Tom. You're on the Red Sox. I guess it please. isn't. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. <laughs> um, Hey, whoever at WLW is in charge of letting everybody know that they moved this to another station and I dropped the ball, so the Reds need to know that. Um, Having said that, um, what do you guys think, both of you, um, about moving Miserocco to an American League team? Because I don't think the kid's going to ever be able to squat behind the plate full time. Well, I'll tell you what, I... uh... I played golf with Dr. Kremchak about six or seven weeks ago, and I brought up the very subject, and he is convinced that uh, Devin Mezzarocco will catch uh, in 2017. Really? Yeah. I was, I was quite honestly, I was very surprised at uh, the assertiveness in which he, he answered the question. Uh, he feels very, very confident that he's going to be able to go behind the plate and catch next season. 
Okay, well then, hey, if Doc Krumchak says it, I, you know what, I'll stand corrected. We'll, uh, we'll let it roll and see what happens. But um, the other thing is, I was driving home tonight and heard on the radio somebody talking about trading Billy Hamilton, and if you could get a quality value out of him, you know, around 4 o'clock. I'm like, same thing you – the first thing I thought, Marty, was, really, you finally got a center fielder, and the first thing you guys want to do is trade him for some unknown – well, it, it kind of concerns me a little bit. Like I said before, you've got him under contract through the 2019 season uh, before uh, he becomes, what, arbitration eligible. No, before he becomes, uh, before a, free he becomes a free agent. Um, Should have won a gold glove. Uh, made incredible inroads toward becoming a solid hitter in the second half of the season and is the most prolific base stealer in Major League Baseball. I, I would like, you know, again... Nobody uh, in an official capacity has spoken up and addressed the rumor. And, again, I underline the fact that it is only a rumor until we know otherwise. Billy Hamilton, I would trade Votto, Phillips, Cozart, Suarez, Duvall, and Shebler before I trade Billy Hamilton. Thank you. Last question, I'll run. What's the chances they're going to get rid of Phillips and and, uh, Cozart and put those young kids in that slot? Well, in terms of Cozart, the, the one team really that had come up regarding him would have been Seattle, and Seattle just recently uh, acquired a, a, a Segura from Arizona, so their spot at short is filled. Arizona's spot was uh, backlogged already, so they don't need anybody else to play short. So now it's a matter of looking around to see if there is another team that needs a shortstop that maybe Cozart could fill that spot. We'll have to wait and see. The worst thing in the world would absolutely not be to have Cozart come back. That would not be a bad thing at all, other than it leaves uh, Jose Peraza kind of dangling in the wind if Phillips is also back as to where you're going to play this guy who really, really has to play next season. So, Tom, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Let's go to Newport. Okay, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. All right. Well, we'll wait and take some more calls in afterwards, right? Yeah, take a break. Okay. All right, we'll take a break. This is the Red's Hot Stove League, brought to you by Budweiser. We'll come back with more after this. Final segment of the Red's Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night. We'd like to remind you, wash books from Mike's Car Wash make a great holiday gift. Get yours today at any Mike's location or at mikescarwash.com. Let's go right back to the phones. We have a caller, Steve, that's been waiting a while from Lima. Steve, you're up on the Red's Hot Stove League. Yeah, hey, uh, we just saw an exciting World Series between two teams that used to be uh, league doormats, and they both brought in new management, new faces, and all that good stuff. You know, uh, they had a plan, and it took a few years to do it. They rebuilt, and now, you know, they one of them just got the World Series, at, you know, uh, after 108 years or whatever. But what do you think the Reds have to do to achieve that level of success? to get, you know, to, to where the Cubs and the Indians are. Do they have a plan or anything? Yeah. Steve, they have a, a great plan, and I think they're executing it now exactly they what, they knew, what they need to do. They're executing the plan now. You need, you need good draft picks. You have to explore every possible way to discover players, which they are doing. They went out and signed a couple of international players from Cuba that uh, they hope will be ready in the not-too-distant future. And you have to have a little bit of luck as well. But I think they have a great plan, and, and hopefully in the next uh, 
three, two to three years, you'll see some of these young guys that we've been talking about for years make it to the big leagues. Maybe with the young man that was sitting right between us earlier, Jesse Winker, start to flourish in, uh, in Great American Ballpark. Yeah, but you also, along with all of that, you're going to get a very high draft pick over a period of years. Last year they took Nick Senzel, a third baseman out of Tennessee, who's on the fast track to get to the big leagues. This year they're going to have, what, the number two number pick? Number two pick again. You cannot make a mistake in any of the years in which you get a top two or three pick. You can't make a mistake. And and if you don't, and, and they draft again in June, and they come up with a player uh, as capable talent-wise as a Senzel, whether it be a position player or a pitcher, then you're definitely on the right track. But you look at the Cubs, they drafted Chris Bryant in 2013, and look how fast he got to the big leagues. Kyle Schwarber in 2014 out of IU, and you, we all know how quickly he got to the big leagues. This is the type of player that you have to go out and draft. Well, the Reds were given the nod as the, the number one draft by Baseball America for, what's that, for what that is worth recently in their magazine. They thought the Reds had the best draft of all. And Nick Senzel, who's Marty's been talking about at the top, Taylor Trammell, the young outfielder who's only 18, and uh, Chris, Chris Oakey, Oakey, the catcher. Yep. Uh, they Led by those three, and, and Dick has even thrown in the name of T.J. Friedel as a guy that they kind of snuck in with and got him because he was in that unique situation where he was not in the draft, but he could sign. A lot of teams didn't know that. Red scooped in on him, and so uh, that's just part of what Baseball America considers the best amateur draft of 2016. That pretty much sums it up. We certainly would once again reflect upon uh, uh, the big event coming up at the uh, Duke Energy Convention Center beginning on Friday, and that, of course, is Reds Fest, uh, Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest, presented by PNC Bank. Friday uh, from 3 p.m. until 10.30 p.m., and then Saturday from 11 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. Uh, tickets available at reds.com slash redsfest, the GABP uh, box office, and the Reds Fest starting Friday at 9 and Saturday at 7 o'clock. Every, as we talk with uh, Charlie Frank, every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, the first 11,000 fans at Red Fest each day receive a free drawstring backpack and a pair of red socks. Over 75 current players and coaches, broadcasters, uh, minor league players will be there. Over 100 player autograph sessions, and those are all free autograph sessions and photo sessions. And, of course, this year, bingo added to the mix on Friday night. And adding icing on the cake above, over and above all of that, uh, Pete Rose will be in the Reds Hall of Fame at Reds Fest supporting the Pete Rose Hit Collection uh, fundraising campaign for the bronze sculpture of Pete that will be unveiled outside Great American Ballpark on June the 17th. Uh, fans who buy one of the Pete Rose Hit Collection balls will get to meet Pete and have their photo taken with him. He'll be on the main stage on Friday at 5.30 p.m. for player introductions and at 6 o'clock for a question and answer, and he'll participate in a second Q&A on Saturday at 12:15, his name has been magic all these many, many years, and uh, no less so now that he'll be participating in Reds Fest. June 17th is the big day when the statue will be unveiled. I don't think there was any question, was there, that the the pose that they chose would be the pose that they they wanted to have. And it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when they. Uh, it inducted him into the Reds Hall of Fame last summer. It was truly one of the biggest weekends, not only in the history of Great American Ballpark, but in the history of uh, Reds baseball. And 
I got to believe when they had the unveiling across the street on June the 17th, it'll really be something. I tell you what, you, you comment on this. I thought that Pete during the playoffs on his area on Fox did a, a tremendous job of talking about hitting and what was going on in those games. Did you enjoy that? I told him on the telephone. I said, you and Frank Thomas ought to take your act on the road. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good stuff now. That's good. It sure was. Uh, we're out of time. We appreciate all of you folks who showed up here tonight at the Holy Grail Banks. We uh, thank these folks here for the ongoing hospitality that they extend to us every week when we do this program during the off season. And, uh, yep, we'll be right back here again next Tuesday night with another edition. Right, Jimmy? You and Tom. Thank you. All right. Join us next Tuesday night, another edition of the Red's Hot Stove League. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.